For Radio K-Man News, I'm Felicia Rankin-Sollins. Premier the Honorable Wayne Panton goes on the record to explain the rapid departure of now former Deputy Premier Chris Saunders from Cabinet and his role as Minister for Finance, Economic Development and Border Control. Radio K-Man's April Cummings has more. On Radio Commands for the Record this morning, Premier the Honorable Wayne Panton revealed more about what led to the sudden departure of Bodentown West MP Chris Saunders from Cabinet. There were issues of, of conduct um, with um, um, Mr. Saunders, and I ended up having to make a very, very difficult decision. It was a very sad decision to have to make, but I have to take my oath to this country seriously. Mr. Panton said he'd received a list of issues from the deputy governor in his role as head of the civil service. After offering MP Saunders the chance to resign, the then deputy premier did not. So the premier says he followed constitutional process and advised the governor to revoke Mr. Saunders' appointment. An employer, the leadership of the civil service, have the, have the obligation to provide a, a safe work environment uh, where people can achieve their full potential without... Um, without fear. Um, and in this constitution and the way we're set up, um, I, am, I am the only person that can actually make a, a decision to address a situation where there is a, an elected uh, member who's serving in the government. While the Premier did not cite specific instances, he did clearly state that in spite of some reports regarding conflict between Governor Martin Roper and Mr. Saunders, that conflict, he says, was not related to the decision to remove Mr. Saunders from Cabinet. April Cummings, Radio Cayman News. This morning, MP Saunders sent a message out via WhatsApp. While not mentioning the Premier's inferences to his conduct, he says they did have, quote, material differences, specifically regarding the Integrated Solid Waste Management System, otherwise known as ISWIMS. Saunders says the last set of numbers he saw made the project, quote, unaffordable for the public purse at an estimated $2 billion. While acknowledging the island's landfill situation needs to be addressed, Mr. Saunders says he does not believe we need to mortgage the entire country and an entire generation to pay for it. The Bodentown West MP called on the public to reach out to their MPs and insist the government does not move forward until the country knows the full costs of the project. Newly released figures from the Economics and Statistics Office show Cayman's labor force grew significantly in the second half of last year, with Caymanian unemployment falling as well. Radio Cayman's Carsley Fuller reports. Labor market estimates from the Labor Force Survey Fall 2022 report show the unemployment rate, which is the proportion of unemployed people to the total labor force, at 2.1 percent. The total labor force increased by more than 18 percent to reach more than 57,000 people. The employed labor force was estimated 56,000 people, an increase of 22 percent compared to the census of 2021. The number of unemployed persons was estimated at just over 1,200. Employed Caymanians were estimated at more than 21,000, reflecting an increase of 4.7 percent when compared to the 2021 census. The number of unemployed Caymanians fell by more than 1,000 to 796 persons in fall 2022, resulting in an unemployment rate for Caymanians at 3.6 percent. The LFS report also presents a population estimate of the islands as of December. This increased by 14 percent from the 2021 census to reach more than 81,000. The Caymanian population rose by one 
1.8% to just under 39,000. The population of those with permanent residence reached more than 6,600 as compared to 6,300 in October 2021. The non-Caymanian population is estimated at more than 36,000, an increase of more than 35% relative to the 2021 census population count. Reporting for Radio Cayman News, I'm Carsley Fuller. More information on the Cayman Islands Labor Force Survey Fall 2022 report is available at ESO.KY. Police and partner agencies, including the Department of Child and Family Services, seek the public's assistance in locating 15-year-old Jasmine Ebanks and 15-year-old Shania Beckford, who were reported missing around 11 a.m. Sunday, March 26. Jasmine was last seen wearing black tights and a black jacket and is described as 5 foot 4 inches tall, dark complexion and medium build. Shania was last seen wearing blue pajama pants and a white t-shirt. She is described as being about 4'9", of medium build and brown complexion with curly brown hair. The public is reminded that anyone who harbors or conceals a young person is guilty of an offense and is liable on conviction to being fined $2,000 and to imprisonment for three months. If you have information on their whereabouts, contact the West Bay Police Station at 949-3999 or the MASH unit at 649-6000 or DCFS on 949-0290 or 911. Officers are encouraging Jasmine and Shania to return to their West Bay address or attend the nearest police station immediately. The Department of Environmental Health heads to Georgetown Primary School as part of its continuing outreach programs. CIGTV's Donna Bush reports. The DEH is lending support to students who came together to form an environmental club. Now, recently, department staff met and interacted with a group of boys and girls and their teacher, Mandy McGaw. We are starting our environmental club for the first time. They are very enthusiastic about keeping their environment safe healthy and clean. And I want to encourage other schools as well to take part. I do thank the DEH department, the Department of Environmental Health, for coming and jump-starting this program, showing us the videos and showing us how to do it right. DEH Director Richard Sims says he wants the public, including students, to continue or start their recycling efforts and to help keep our islands clean. He added that he is proud of the DEH programs and especially career fairs where they can help bring awareness to what careers are available at the government department. Take part by exhibiting all our different aspects of the Department of Environmental Health. Um, particularly, one of the things I, I really liked was the, the careers programs within the, the high school. It gave students an opportunity to see different aspects of the, the Department of Environmental Health, where they can explore different career opportunities and see how best uh, they would like to choose certain aspects of environmental health, explore, develop themselves, and possibly look at um, future careers. Now, you can re- request a school presentation to promote anti-littering, recycling, waste management, and other environmental health issues. Schools can also book a tour of the DEH's laboratory facilities, the Georgetown Landfill, and the Recycling Center. Cayman is strapping in for a suspected sargasm invasion. Ministry of Sustainability and Climate Resiliency Chief Officer Jennifer Ahern tells Radio Cayman the high levels of sargasm in the Caribbean Sea being seen this year means Cayman is more likely to be hit by an invasion of the smelly, unsightly bloom. 
These influxes of sargassum are driven by external factors, such as climate change and increases in nutrients from terrestrial deforestation, and they represent an emerging long-term issue that governments, scientists, and private sector organizations across the Caribbean region are all working to address. Each large-scale beaching event is different, and responses, whether led by the public or private sector, will need to take these unique circumstances into account to ensure our interventions do not cause unintentional negative impacts on local habitats and species. Sargasm is a natural part of the ocean ecosystem, and healthy patches of this floating seaweed can serve as important habitats for fish, crabs, shrimp, turtles, and birds. The ministry and several government departments are teaming up to produce a, quote, holistic framework to quickly coordinate a national response in the event of sargasm stranding incidents. The government continues to actively monitor the sargassum bloom and is prepared to act upon stranding incidents as we have in the past, whether through cleanups of public beaches and boat ramps led by the Public Works Department or using new techniques like we did in response to the North Sound stranding event last year. In larger quantities, sargassum strandings can reduce water oxygen levels and light penetration with the potential to negatively affect marine life and cause a nuisance to residents and visitors. Chief Medical Officer Nick Ghent. When sargassum mats become stranded on the shoreline, they will decompose. Like all decomposing biomass, it will produce gases, such as hydrogen sulfide, which can have an unpleasant smell, even producing feelings of nausea. However, being outdoors, such gases usually disperse rapidly and do not cause serious injury or illness. And that's your evening news. For Radio Cayman, I'm Felicia Rankin-Zollins.